whether we feel you or not, the truth is you're here in this room. Personally, I am already overwhelmed with your presence. We do worship you because you are good through and through. Everything about you is good and right. You are what our hearts long for. You are what satisfies us and fills us. You are the one who can make us as we ought to be. And I'm just so grateful for the short time that we get to be together, but we get to be together in your presence, in the presence of a living, loving, almighty, powerful, good, gracious, all-wise God. And I just pray that you would have your way today. Just have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, wasn't that a beautiful reading? By the way, uh, that's Joaquin. Joaquin's one of our college students here. He wrote that. Can you guys give it up again for him? Like that. That will not be the last time you hear from him. I guarantee you that. Wow. Man, I love it when people discover their gifts, you know, and get to use them. Isn't that cool? Like all of you just benefited from this sweet gift that God gave Joaquin. And how cool is it that he's given every one of you in this room something unique and beautiful to offer that the rest of us are just waiting to be overwhelmed by. That's the beauty of who you are. I love what he said because I'm loving this verse. Did this whole series. This is our last week on this, six weeks. If you haven't been with us, you can always go back. All of our messages are online or on iTunes, on podcast. I absolutely love this. That God has revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth in Christ. This is absolutely, I just got to tell you, man, this has transformed my whole being, meditating on this passage and diving into this. The fact that all of us are down here trying to figure out what this is all about, trying to get to know God. God, what are you all about? Jesus, what are you all about? And God says, let me tell you. Let me reveal the mystery of my whole will that was my pleasure that I purpose in Jesus. I'm uniting everything. Isn't that cool? He's uniting everything in heaven and on earth in Jesus Christ. And this truth has captured me because all of a sudden it makes sense of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, this mystery, right? Uh, the Bible, this book of Ephesians says this mystery all the time. The mystery is something you can't and I can't figure out. I, can I just ask you guys, aren't you glad that God's a little bit bigger than your mind can figure out? I, I say this all the time here, but if my little pea brain figures out God, he's not a very great God. I love the fact that somehow mysteriously the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. In his nature, there's unity. And then he creates this unbelievable physical creation and the symbiotic relationship between the physical creation is working in unity. And then in this book, 
it reveals to us that God says, and you are my creation, and you were created in me, you're my idea, you were created by me, and you were created for me. We're created for him. And so in this book, the problem was we're all separated from God. So here we are needing God, but we're all separated for him, from him. And so he says, let me just reveal to you why I sent Jesus. So you could be reconciled back to God and be one with God. Your spirit can actually be filled with the spirit of God. Can I ask you this morning, do you live in that reality? Do you walk your days with a sense that the living God, this almighty God that we just sang about, who's gracious and compassionate and all wise and good and loving at his core, who's just and right, all of that, do you walk in that? Okay? Now, how many of you go, yes, every day, all the time? Yeah, no. How many of you, though, have tasted it? Yes, we've tasted it. And what I want to tell you, man, Jesus is telling us in this book, it is possible. Most of you in this room just rose your hands because you know it's possible to walk with God. And I'm going to tell you today, we're going to go into this because it is a battle to walk with God. It's a battle. And then, not only does he say, this is happening, but I fill you with my spirit so you guys can actually love each other with the same love that I've given you. And that's what we've been talking about through this whole series. All of this is possible. And then Jesus, now let's just listen to his prayer. If you wonder, if you wonder, if all of us in this room, especially all of us in this room who call us Christians, who say, I am someone who's received the spirit of God. Jesus and my spirit are one, okay? If you wonder if God's will isn't for us to be together, listen to this. Here's Jesus' prayer right before he went to the cross. My prayer is not for them alone, meaning not just his 12. He goes, I'm praying also for those who will believe in me through their message, which is who? That's us. And what did Jesus pray for us? That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world would believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be, listen to this, that they may be one. We can do this as we are one. And then he says, I in them, Jesus in us. And then he says, you and me, Father, you're in me, I'm in them, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them. I tell you what, man, does the world not need to know that God loves them? And somehow he's saying, the power, the way that's going to happen is if you and I are experiencing the love of God, fullness in our heart, all of his joy and his strength and his peace, all that he is, I'm living in that, and then we're doing that with each other. Now, so here's the point for today. If that's the will of God, and isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, I mean, seriously, there's so much division in our world. I mean, I, we just had dinner with friends last night, and we're bemoaning again. The division in our country is just so intense to have a place that's unified. So here's what you can know. 
If unity is the will of God, then what is the will of his enemy? Yeah, go ahead and say it. What is the will of his enemy? It's division. If God purposed in Christ to bring everything together in oneness, then you can know that every time you're experiencing this, somehow his enemy is at work whenever he's dividing us. So here's, here's what's crazy. So we went through this whole book of Ephesians, right? And chapter one is all about the oneness we have with, with Jesus. And then chapter two is he said, now he, the Jew and the Gentile people who hated each other, who have nothing in common, he's making one humanity out of the two. And then he says, in church, you guys are the ones who are actually filled with my spirit. So make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And then he talks about relationships, talked about marriage, which we talked about last week, talks about parenting, talks about work, he talks about all of this. He's basically saying, this is the will of God. And then, as I looked at this book, I'm like, then it is no surprise that the very last thing in this book is to say, if that's my will, you can know this, it's going to be hard. Because there's someone who does not want you to experience oneness with God. If you don't experience oneness with God, it's because there's an enemy who doesn't want you to. And if you're not experiencing oneness in your marriage or in your relationships, you can know this. There's an enemy against you. So here we go. This is the passage for today. Ephesians chapter 6, last chapter, starting with verse 10. And it says this. Finally. Okay, he's all done with his whole letter. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What great worship. Wasn't that great worship this morning? And right there, man, we just say that be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the whole full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand. You'll be able to stand your ground and after everything that you've done, to stand. So here we go, you guys. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But let me just say, so this is what's intriguing to me about this book. What's our struggle? Our struggle is to stay one with God, right? Amen? Okay, all of you guys, yeah, I've tasted that. I don't hear it every day. Why? Because it's hard to stay in line with God. Our struggle is to stay like this. And then our struggle is to love each other. Amen? Big time. We're a bunch of screwed up, messed up people, and then God's trying to bring us all together. Guess what? That's gonna be hard. And it is a struggle to be one with each other. I think that's what this whole book is about. And then he says, okay, so guess what? Yeah, there's a battle going on, and this is so cool, right? It's not against the person you're sitting next to. Isn't that good news? No, the battle is what? Jesus told us, man, if we're going to believe in Jesus, he said, you have an enemy. And right in the scripture, the devil has schemes. Schemes. 
Now, if the devil has schemes, you know what those are? He has thought out plans. By the way, I didn't even get to, we got to celebrate, right? Today's the kickoff of the NFL. I see, I, I see y'all. I see you, Steeler fan over here. I see, I see all you wearing your, your stuff coming in. Um, uh, but, but here's the deal. What's going on today in these football games? Schemes. No, I mean, that's exactly what's going on. You know what? These teams and these coaches have been working for months and months and months, and they're putting again, they're planning schemes to know how to take down their opponent. Satan knows you, and he has schemes well thought out. Not random or what should I? No, schemes. I know you. I'm going to take you down. And they're spiritual, right? It's not flesh and blood. It's rulers and authorities and powers of the dark world, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So I was just thinking about that, and I go, what? What in the world? What's all that mean? Well, Jesus told us. He said, when Satan lies, he what? He speaks his native language. He is the father of lies. You guys, I'm going to tell you this. I think we way over-spiritualize this passage. I think I, I think I have for years. I think we try to think, oh, there's this ooh, weird like spiritual realm that's going on. No, it's not really that weird. What's happening is, all day long, you have lies inside your head about God, about yourself, and about each other. And where are they coming from? That's not physical. You're getting thoughts thrown at you because the enemy lies to you all day long. And then, I don't know about you, how many of you get these weird cravings inside for stuff that you don't want? But you want. Remember Romans 7? Why do I want the very thing that I don't want? Why do I do the very thing that I don't do, that I don't want to do? So not only is he lying to us all the time in here, somehow, man, he lures us, he moves us, and our flesh craves things that aren't of God. Now, so all of us, every one of us in this room knows what that's like, to have negative thoughts inside our head about God, ourselves, and other people. And every one of us knows what it's like to have this strong urge to do things that we don't want to do. That is your struggle. You know why? Because his scheme is to get you out of step with God. And his scheme is to destroy every one of your relationships. So that's our struggle and that's our battle. So then what does he say? He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now what he's talking about, when he uses the term Lord here, he's talking about Jesus. Be strong in Jesus. Now why? Because Jesus is the only one who faced every temptation. The Bible says every temptation you've ever faced, Jesus faced it, and he never gave in. Right? That's why we worship him, right? Like, oh my, how in the world do you do that? But he did it. Jesus never one time said no to his father. Can you imagine? So Jesus defeated the enemy. The enemy lied to him. The enemy lured him. The enemy opposed him. The enemy caused it incited within other people to come against him, which he does to you as me. He moves in other people's minds to have thoughts about us, and then they think about us, and they're angry at us, and, they, and he, this is what he does, and he did it to Jesus, and Jesus Christ stood strong and absolutely defeated the enemy. Praise God. All right. So, 
If you guys could, we just sang this. Look at this is Jesus. The mountains shake. Oh, I love this song. Don't you guys love this song? Every time I get to this phrase, I just, I do, tears just hit me in the eyes. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee. Right? Jesus actually had the power with one word against demonic forces, and they had to go. He is far above all rule, all authority, every dominion, every power in heaven and on earth. That's your Jesus. Okay? So then we go on. He says... Was there, wasn't there another line right after that one? The mountains shake before you, the demons run and flee. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, sorry, my bad. By the way, this wasn't planned, I ran up and told him because it just so moved me. At the mention of the name King of Majesty, next line, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am. Now, and what, is Jesus, what did God say? When Jesus Christ came, you guys, the power and the glory of Christ moved in to earth. There's no chasm anymore between heaven and earth. All that Jesus is, what is this? This whole book has been saying, here's the mystery, here's the mystery. That Jesus is in you. That Jesus is in you. So what the verse says right here says, so how do we win? How do we win down here? How do I stay united with God and how do I stay united with you? He says, then you be strong in Jesus. Now, I'll be totally honest with you. In the Greek, that's actually a passive imperative, which means an imperative is a command. It's actually a passive command. You are commanded to do something you can't do. Isn't that weird? So really what that verse should say is, not instead of be strong, be strong in Jesus. No, it should be be strengthened in Jesus. Because you don't have the power. I don't have the power. But Jesus is the power. And so here's the real strength of a follower of Christ. The strength for you and me is the power to depend on God instead of yourself. You and I have to learn how to, God actually makes us stronger as we rely on him. And that's how it works. So then he says this, put on the full armor of God. You and I can actually put on the full armor of God. So here's the enemy and he's going to be attacking us constantly with lies and lures and temptations to do stuff that's not godly. And we actually apparently have armor that we can put on. Now, right in preparation from battle, in for battle, this is what we, this is what people do. I mean, all I could think of was Tony Stark, right? <laughs> I mean, Tony's not all that great. Put on Iron Man, right? And now he can take on the greatest foes. You know, I don't. I think the only person stronger than Iron Man is Jack Bauer. Because I, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually watching Jack about 24 right now with Caleb. My Susie and I did it years ago. So I'm watching it with Caleb. It always cracks me up. Whenever there's a battle scene that's happening and they're going to charge into the room, the SWAT team comes in and they're loaded with their bulletproof vests and, and they've got their helmet on. And then there's Jack with his tight little Henley, right? And a gun and nothing else. 
All right. That must be Jesus. I don't know. But here's, here's, what God, here's what God is telling us. There's armor for you and me. There's armor for you and me. And it's actually the armor of God. Can I ask you a question? Who can stand against God? No one. Who can stand against Jesus Christ? No one. And the scripture is telling us, when the battle comes and the lies come and the temptations come, somehow you and I can be strengthened in the Lord when we put on his armor. Okay? Now here's what's crazy. It's something we actually have to do. Put it on. So we actually have to put it on. So that's what I'm going to talk about in these last 15 minutes. And I just want to share with you, I've been walking with Jesus, right? For, I've been in ministry for 30 years. I was asking Rut, you know, a guy who led worship today. He's been with me from day one since we came out here. Years ago, we actually, we were talking about this at our staff. And I'm like, man, we have the armor of God. I go, I feel like I have all these weapons and I don't know how to use them. You know, I feel like a Rocky movie. You know, got the gloves up, but he's just punching the crud out of me. And then so I'm like, well, I got to learn how to use this. And I want to tell you, this is what I'm telling you. I think after 30 years, I'm finally getting it. I think I'm finally just starting to get it. I think we have made it way too spiritual, way too wacky, really weird. And the truth is, God's making it simple and clear. And my hope for you is that you can walk out of here today with like, I can do this. I do not have to live separated from God. I do not have to give in to the division in my marriage or the people around me. I don't have to do it. So put it on, right? Here we go. Verse 14. Stand firm then. Come on, man. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. All right? So I sat down. I, I put this verse down on Wednesday morning when I start studying for this, this week. And as soon as I sat down, it was just like, <sighs> like, like in a half hour, I'm like, that never happens, hardly ever. So here you go. I'm going to share this with you. I think this is unique, at least it is for me. Because what I'm believing with all my heart is the armor that God gives me is helps me stay unified with God and unified with you. And the devil's schemes are to keep that from happening. So how's that here? So right. So what I did, all you guys who have your programs, I didn't even give you any blanks because I just wanted you to have this. I want to make sure you have this to take home because there's seven things. That's a lot of things. So here we go. Number one, the armor of truth. Be strong in the Lord. Jesus is the truth. So this means a few things. It means knowing the truth about God. You guys, it's so important that you understand the truth of who God is and the truth of who we are. If you get that wrong, you get everything wrong. And the, lie, and the, the enemy is constantly lying to us about who God is. 
okay? So we have to know the truth. And I'm actually going to get into that a little bit more when it gets to the word of God. But here's, because I think this is a bigger issue. I think he's saying, you've got to live in truth. Here's another truth you've got to live in. You've got to live in God with the truth about yourself. It's called confession. Live in the truth with God about yourself. All us men who've been with Jamie Winship and all the stuff he's been saying, what's he say? The first thing you got to do is you got to tell your truth. Because if you hold in your sin, if you hold in your doubts about God, if you hold in your questions, if you hold in your anger towards him, if you hold in anything, then it never gets touched by God's grace. The first thing that you must do, and I'm telling you, I don't know why this is so hard, but sometimes it's not like God's up there going, I don't know what's going on in there. Right? I mean, he knows exactly what's going on in there. But confession, therefore, isn't for God, it's for you. Somehow, and you tell God the truth, it gets it into the light. And you know what he says? If you confess to me, I forgive you of everything and I cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So part of living in the truth, you guys, is being honest with God. Here's the second thing, is living in truth with each other. I mean, all these are so deep and so rich, but I just got to tell you this, why I'm finding that so much of my, a few, few just a, maybe it was when I was on sabbatical, I think it was, I was sitting there and I was thinking, every deep struggle that I have right now, super hard thing right now, I go all the way back and I go, you know what? It's because I didn't live in the truth. If you and I don't live in the truth with each other, you know what happens? It gets really dark in here. And we start thinking really wacky things about other people. And if you don't share the truth with them, they're thinking wacky things about you. And you know what that does? It gets darker and darker. It never gets better, right? You don't hold things in and go, oh, I think that person's wonderful. I think they really like me. No, you go, they did, the reason they did that was because of this. And this is how they feel about me. And it, it just goes dark. You guys, if we're going to win the battle, you and I, and this is the number one thing that God's working on me, I'll just tell you personally right now. There is no love without truth. There's just none. You know? So we got to do that. That's the number one. The Burt Vix is the armor of truth. The truth about God, but the truth of us to God and the truth with each other. Here's the second thing. Then he says you got to have the armor of righteousness. There's a breastplate of righteousness. It's armor. What does that mean? Well, here, here I can tell you this. Be strong in Jesus. Jesus is righteous. Okay? And again, I define righteousness as when things are as they ought to be. That's what, when something's right, they just are as they ought to be. Well, that's Jesus. He was on earth as a human ought to be. And so be strong in Christ. Now here's, to write this one down, this is, or it's actually, you don't have to write it down. I wrote it down for you. It's in there. But here it is. Part of the breastplate of righteousness is this. We are, we already have right standing with God. You already have it. Christian, how are you getting into heaven? Because you're such a good person? No. Why are we getting into heaven? Because we're the ones who admitted, I'm no good. And so I exchange my sin, I give Jesus my sin, and Jesus gives me his righteousness. And I am seen without blemish and without accusation before God. That's Colossians chapter 1. Also, write down this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Can I just tell you, one of the main ways I get divided from God is when I start feeling guilt and shame for my sin. Guilt and shame for not being what he wants me to be. Anybody else in here? That will keep you from going to God. Your breastplate, your thing that keeps you united is Jesus gave me his righteousness. It's not about my righteousness. It's about his. And when you know that and when you believe that, it keeps you united to him. Then the second thing is, is when we walk in right ways, it negates accusations and it builds unity. So in other words, he goes, why is righteousness part of the armor of God? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm actually being as I ought to be, and I'm doing what I should do, the enemy can't accuse you, right? You're in the light. Where Jesus is in the light. It's a great place to be because you don't go to bed at night and go, oh man, I suck and I'm a loser. No, you go to bed at night and go, how's a good day? And the enemy's like, ah, oh, crap, I can't find anything. That's victory. And here's the other thing. And when you walk in Christ's ways, Everything he asks you, everything that's right is love. Everything that God asks you to do will build unity. Everything in that book, everything in the Bible, everything he's telling you to do, it builds unity with each other. That's the righteousness. See, this isn't like this, ooh, super, I need to put on a breastplate. No, you just need to receive Christ's righteousness to keep you one with him, and then you need to walk in righteousness. Walk, follow him, keep in step with the Spirit, and you'll walk in his ways, and his ways will be love, and you'll build unity with each other, all right? Third one, the armor of the gospel of peace, (laughs) okay? So now he says, your feet need to be fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Well, guess what? We've already learned this. Jesus is our peace. So again, by the way, these these all kind of interweave together. So in Romans chapter five, verse one, right? We are at peace with God. So here's the enemy going, oh, and man, and he so did this with me this year. I've shared this with you. This last year, I struggled so much believing that I had lost God's favor, that he was against me, that I'd lost the peace. Well, the word is going, Romans 5, one, therefore, since we have been, past tense, justified through faith, we have peace with God. What's your armor? Your feet need to be fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. You need to know that Jesus Christ took on the wrath of God so that you'll never take it. You'll never take it. You'll never take it. You are at peace with God. And then, how does this work? Well, how does this help me to keep unified with with each other? Well, this whole book, what, what, what did we learn? It's like what we have received, we receive mercy and grace from God. And so this peace we have at God, we look at each other and we offer it to one another. And I love this. Write down this passage, James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. You guys, the church is supposed to be a group of people who give to each other what you received. If you receive peace with God as a gift and it's grace, then you give it to each other. And James 3, 17 and 18 says this, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. The armor that we have that God gives us 
is that our feet are fitted. And Susie was just reminding me. And back then when you did war, they would actually strap on these cleats. They'd have like cleats, like football cleats, right? And they'd put them on. Why? So that when the enemy came and the battle raged, your feet would be fitted and you wouldn't slip. So when the enemy comes to you and says, you big loser, God's against you. How could he ever forgive you for what? Your feet are fitted and you go, I'm at peace with God. And you know what it says? And the Bible says, you have to take your stand. In two verses, he says it three times. So that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. And after everything you've done, take your stand and you'll be able to stand. Because you know what? The enemy is constantly going to make you think that God is not pleased with you because of your behavior. And it's not about your behavior. It's about what Jesus Christ did for you. I'm at peace with God. And then what happens? You're ready. So now, conflict starts to happen with another human being. And you're ready to do what? Boom! You can take right up. I'm ready. My feet are fitted. We're going in. And I'm going to give you the grace that I got from Jesus. I'm going to keep peace with you. Because Jesus gave me peace. All right? That's that one. Here's the next one. The armor of faith. He goes, put up the shield of faith. And somehow by faith, you can extinguish every arrow that comes at you. Well, the armor of faith is what Jesus is, Lord. He is. And what my faith does, you guys, is I rest in the one who is God and what he's done. I rest in what he's done for me, and I rest in what he's done for you. See, this is, where, this is how I can be at peace with, I can stay one with God. It's because I'm going to have faith. I'm going to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm going to believe that when he was on the cross, all of my sin was in his body on the tree. I remember years ago, man, I blew it like big time, like big time. And the shame and the guilt and the hiding and the woe is me. And then I open up the Bible and I read, and all of a sudden it says what? Streams of living water will flow from within those who believe. And I just felt like the Spirit said, Dave, you got streams of living water flowing out of you? Are you kidding? I got nothing for nobody. I, God, how can you? I'm horrible. I'm bad. And he goes, why don't you have streams of water flowing from within you? Because you don't believe. And so right in that moment, I did spiritual battle. And I said, and I just remember, wait. So when Jesus was on the cross, this was the one sin that wasn't in his body. He's like, I couldn't cover that one. Sorry, Dave. No. All my sin was in his body on the tree. And so you know what I did? I put faith in him instead of my behavior because I'm going to screw up and so are you. But Jesus never did. And you put your faith in him, and then you know what happened, man? I got on the plane. I can't get into it. But this gal sat next to me, and I had power to share the gospel with that woman on the plane like I hadn't had in the longest time. Right after I totally screwed up. Because I believed. I put up the shield of faith. And I put my faith in Jesus instead of me. All right? But here's the other thing. How is faith a shield? Because faith without action is dead. See, faith also is not only do I rest in what he's done, but faith means whatever God asks me to do, I'm going to do. Faith without action is dead. And so we actually have to take steps of faith. And every time you take a step of faith, you stay linked with God and God's stuff gets done. Every time. And his will is good and pleasing and perfect. So if you want to have victory 
over the enemy and stay unified with God, then when the word of God tells you to do something, whether that was in the Bible or whether the Holy Spirit prompted you, to have faith and do what he tells you to do. And you know what? You keep in step with the Spirit. And Galatians says, when you're in step with the Spirit, you live. You live. So it's faith, right? Here's the next one, the armor of salvation. So much of this is in what? In that we're going to be strong in Christ? Well, Jesus is our Savior. And let me just say this. Here's what's so cool. You know what the Bible says? You were saved. It's already done. You were saved. And then you know what the Bible says? You are being saved. And then you know what the Bible says? You will be saved. That's so cool. You know what that means? You guys, in, in Ephesians, remember when we talked about this? You have been made alive with Christ. So you already have been saved. So in other words, you're saved from the punishment of sin. All of your sin is taken care of. But you have been raised with Christ, Jesus, right? This is not you trying to be better. This is you being strengthened by Christ who rose from the dead because there was no sin in him and he's inside you. So how do you win? You go, I am being saved. That means right now, today, September 9th, 2018, he has power that rose him from the dead to say no to sin and say yes to God and that Jesus is inside of you. So you are actually being saved from the stuff that's screwing up your life. And then what happens? You're gonna die and what's gonna go on? Dude, I will be saved. <laughs> Why? Because you're already seated with Christ in the heavenly realms right now. If you're a Christian, there's no chasm between you and heaven right now. You're already there. So when the enemy comes up and goes, oh, yeah, but you've done this. Ah, he saved me. Yeah, well, you can't. You, there's no way you can do this. This, this conflict's too hard. Uh-uh. Come on, lure, lure, lure into sin. Uh-uh. I'm going to be strong in the Lord. I'm going to be strengthened in Jesus. I'm going to have the power to say no to you and no to sin and yes to God. Yeah, but when you die, did you do enough? Doesn't matter. I'm already there. I'm already there. I will be saved. That's your helmet of salvation, and that's your armor. Last two really quick, the armor of the word of God. And I love this because he said this is actually a sword. Right? When Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He came back with the word of God, with the word of God, with the word of God. In Psalm 119, it says, how does a young man keep his way pure? And then he says, by hiding your word in my See, you guys, this is why I'm telling you, read the Bible, man. Get it in there, because it's a sword of the Spirit. So in other words, when lies come, you know what the Spirit does? He takes the Word of God in you, he rips it out, and he says, lie, <laughs> Satan, lie. And it's not going to be based on your feelings, because guess what? You're not going to feel God all the time. And it's not going to be based on the circumstances or your behavior. It's based on the Word of God that never changes. That is your sword. And I'm telling you this, and every time the, the Spirit speaks to you again and you do what he says, it's like an offensive against the enemy. This is your spiritual warfare. This is the armor of God. It's his word. And then the last thing is this, the armor of praying in the Spirit because Jesus is our intercessor. He's our intercessor. You know what he's doing right now? Right now, while you're sitting in here, he's praying for you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you right now. And so what does it mean to pray in the Spirit, in everything? When you pray in the Spirit, what you're saying is, I'm praying in alignment with your will, God. God, because the Spirit of God will always lead you to pray in alignment with God's will. 
And God's will is for you to be one with him, and God's will is for you to be one with each other. You can know that. It's point blank clear. And so when you go to pray, and you pray in the spirit, then you say, okay, God, whatever you're praying, this isn't when it comes to, God, please make me rich. Please give me that hot girl. Please make me make lots of money. Please, whatever. But when you pray to God, and in the spirit, you're going to be praying, whatever will keep me one with you. God, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here's the coolest thing. When you pray for that, and Lord, here I can tell you the other thing. You want to pray? Pray for peace and unity in your relationships. Jesus died for you and me to be one in our relationships. Pray in the Spirit for that. And then you know what's cool? You know why this is so powerful? Because God hears every prayer that's in Christ. That's in alignment with his will. And he moves. And God moves. And he moves. And you could see the hand of God move. This is our armor. This is it. It's so crazy. And I'm like, so it's just, I, I live in truth. I accept Christ's righteousness, and I walk in his ways. I'm at peace with God, and I give each other the peace I have. I put my faith in him and rest in what he's done for me, and whatever he leads me to do, I do. I trust in his salvation, not just for me, but for you. I believe that I'm good with God because of grace, and I believe you're good with God because of grace. And then I take his word, and I know it, and I follow it, and I pray. You know what's cool? All of this stuff was all through the whole book of Ephesians. This is what we can do. And you know what? If you find your strength in him, if you really do, you will have everything you need, everything you need to stay one with God, that his power and his love and his peace and his joy and his wisdom is yours every day. And if you'll do this, you'll have what you need to love your neighbor and to be one with each other. All right, so here's how we're gonna to close today. You guys can grab your pens if you want. I'm just gonna take a few minutes and I'm just gonna pray for us. I'm gonna pray, like it says, in every situation. And here's what I want you to do. I'm just gonna pray us really quick through these seven things and then I'm just gonna ask you to listen, okay? If any of this is true, if Christianity is true at all, then God, the living God, is actually present in this room. And if you're a Christian today, then the Spirit of God, who knows the thoughts of God, is inside you, and he can reveal his thoughts to you. All right? So I would encourage you, just close your eyes. Just take a moment, and let's just sit with this, and let me just lead you with an opportunity to listen to him about what he wants to say in each one of these areas. God, thank you. Thanks for the armor. Thanks for who you are. Jesus, we worship you. You have absolute authority over our enemy. He is darkness, but you are light. And light always, always, always overcomes the darkness. 
And I know this, man, you love everyone in this room and you are interceding for every one of us right now. So as I pray, I know this, God, that you can speak. And I ask that you will. I ask that you will speak to every one of us in this room. So Jesus, first, would you speak to anyone and let them know what they need to know about the armor of truth? What do you want them to know about the armor of truth? Are there areas where they don't know the truth about you? Are there areas where they need to share and confess their truth to you? And are there people that they're not living in truth with? Are they hiding bitterness and anger and resentment? God, what do you want to say to us about truth? Jesus, what do you want to tell us about righteousness? What do we need to know? Each person, individually, you speak to them about righteousness. God, are there some here who are still banking on their own righteousness, hoping that they're good enough for you? Would you speak to them and help them to see how that's never going to be enough? Lord, is there anyone of your children here, Christians in here, who are still thinking that they can lose your favor because they're not good enough? Would you speak? What do you want them to know, Jesus, about what you did on that cross? when you took all their sin and gave them your righteousness. And God, is there a walking in a way right now? Are there ways where people aren't walking? What do you want to say to anyone in here right now about walking in the way of righteousness, in the way things ought to be? Holy Spirit, just speak. Tell them, let them know where it is that they're not walking in a way that is right. God, what do you want us to know about peace? Is there anyone in here who does not feel like they're at peace with you? What do you want to tell them about Jesus, who is their peace? And Lord, is there anyone in here who at this point right now is judging others? They're not at peace with somebody else. And they're holding judgment against them. instead of offering them the grace that they, gave, they received from you. Bring that person to mind and tell them what do you want to say to them about the armor of peace. And faith. God, is there anything that people are believing that's not true about you? Is there any place where they don't believe, don't trust you? Or they think you're not good or powerful enough. What do you want to say? And is there any step of faith, God, right now? Would you speak to everyone in this room? What's the step of faith that you're asking them to take? Speak clearly. Let them know what it is. Just take this step of faith and you will defeat the enemy and his schemes.
and our salvation, God? Is there anyone here who still, at this point, knows they're not saved? They haven't received you, Jesus, and put their faith in you. And the thought of dying in this moment, like today, and facing you, without being totally forgiven. God, would you move in the hearts of people right now and say, will you let me be your Savior? And Lord, the word of God, we just praise you and we thank you, Lord, for anybody in here. What do you want to say to anybody right now about your word? Move us, God. Encourage us to know it and to live in it and to obey it. God, thank you that the enemy can come with all of his lies and all of his lures, but there's just no question that in Jesus, who's the truth and righteousness and peace and Lord and Savior and the Word, that if we're in you, all of his lies can be exposed and all of his lures can be defeated and we can overcome. And we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, the victory is yours and the victory is mine. There's not one thing that can come against us that Jesus can't overcome. So we're going to do one last song, and we're just going to remember that, that he is the Lion of Judah. He's the most powerful there is, and he is in you to give you strength and grace to win. All right? And we're going to take our offering at this time, because this is just part of that beauty. It is. It's so much a part of our heart, because that's what Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart is. And so our heart is in Christ. We just, we trust him. This is one of those things where he says, just trust me in this. Follow me on this. Obey this one thing and watch what will happen to your heart, all right? So we're gonna take our offering and we're gonna do this one last song and go out and a bang with worship to him. Would you guys just stand together and let's worship him.